Inflation has really impacted every corner of the market recently. Housing is directly correlated with inflationary pressures. So how is that impacting home ownership today? We'll cover that in this episode. Welcome to Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf, the show with weekly topics designed to help you learn how to build your ideal life through real estate investing. My name is Kenny Wolf, and I've been a real estate syndicator and investor for over 11 years now. And in this time, I've built a successful real estate investment firm, Wolf Investments. If you're new to the show, make sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode comes out. All right, so first we're gonna define inflation. What is it? It's defined as a general increase in prices in the fall in the purchasing value of money. Today we're seeing some real world examples and that's in your cars and trucks, your lumber, steel, oil, natural gas, gold, etc. These are things that we've seen recently that have really spiked in price due to this inflation. All right, so what causes inflation? There are really three ways inflation is created. The first one we'll go over is production costs. So this is where demand remains constant, but the cost to produce certain goods and services increase due to higher cost of production. So if lumber prices spike 100% or double their costs, and the good you want to buy uses lumber in its production, then you can expect the final cost of that good to increase. You can see the ripple effect throughout the economy when that happens. So the cost to build new houses or apartments has recently spiked due to lumber prices soaring through the roof pun intended. So from 2017 to the first third of 2020, lumber prices fluctuated between $254 to $620 per thousand board foot. The majority of that time though was below $500 per thousand board foot. Then COVID happened, throwing the entire supply chain and labor costs into a complete mess. We've seen lumber prices spike all the way above $1,660 per thousand board feet. That's a three times spike in cost. With the vast majority of housing using a lot of lumber, then it's only natural the overall price to build new housing has gone through the roof. And the real crazy thing is that we do not have a shortage of pine trees in East Texas or America. The inflation in lumber in lumber is all about production costs and labor. Definitely not on any issues on the raw product supply side. All right, so the second way inflation is created we'll talk about today is through demand. So this is when there's a surge in demand for a product or service. This can also cause inflation for that product or service. So have any of you tried to get an Uber right after a ball game lets out? Uh, they call it surge pricing, but it's kind of a mini inflation, right? Uh, but it's a great example of a huge demand all at once causing the price of something to skyrocket. I recently took an Uber to a ball game uh, from, our, from the hotel where it cost me 50 bucks to get there and then 100 bucks to go th- right back to the same hotel. You know, that's a huge, huge increase, right? And as, as a consumer, it's a little tad frustrating to know that you're paying double to cover the same distance. But the market spoke and I, I as a consumer, didn't all really have any other choice. Uh, well, I did, but it would have included a very long walk. So now, what does that look like for on the housing front? So we all know that in general, we have a rising population in America. From 1950 to 2010, the population in America more than doubled from 151 million to 309 million. That big change in population created more and more needs for goods and services here in the U.S. Pew Research is calling for a lower growth rate going forward, uh, but still positive growth growth nonetheless. So on a macro level, that means we're going to need more housing for the increasing population. Now, not all states and cities are growing at the same rate here in the U.S. California recently lost a congressional seat due to a slower population growth compared to other states and even posted a negative population growth of 173k people from July 2020 to July 2021. In that same period, Texas gained 382k people. Florida gained 200k people uh, in that same time frame as well. So now keep zooming in comparing cities within those states as to which cities are growing faster than others. 
Then you can keep going in uh, to submarkets within those cities to get a clear picture of where the demand is for additional housing within that city. So all these new people to an area need to live somewhere and that higher need creates higher demand for housing. Some of those will be able to buy or build a house while others will either choose to be or others will be choose or forced to rent apartments. Roughly today, 65% of households own their own house as of 2021. Now going forward with the surge in building costs to build new single family houses, and the big jump in, in existing single family houses values, this will most likely cause a lower demand for folks to choose home ownership. The down payments increase, which cause home ownership to be pushed farther out of reach for some of the population. Another thing to keep in mind when discussing housing and demand is lifestyle choices as well. So we in America are more and more turning into a renter nation with a younger demographic leading the charge in this, in this area. Job hopping is common, starting families are being pushed farther and farther back and the appeal of being able to walk to restaurants, retail, and jobs is all affecting what type of housing is going to be in demand today and in the future. I personally fully expect home ownership to decrease in the years ahead. In 2021, 64% of millennials had regrets about buying a home, where Gen X had 45% with regrets and 33% of baby boomers had regrets as well. Um, now, those regrets range from cost not taking into account on the maintenance side to their location. Um, but the top three things that millennials regretted about buying a home were unforeseen maintenance costs, um, they didn't like the location, and too small of a house. So if that many people are unhappy with their home purchase, we're definitely going to see a demand back for more renting uh, options for housing. All right, so the third thing that can cause inflation is fiscal policy. Governments can have a huge impact on inflation. Their policies that affect inflation range from setting interest rates to taxing business and individuals, investing in new infrastructure projects, and the rate at which money is printed and injected into the economy. All of these really need a full-blown economics course to understand at a micro level, so we'll stick with the macro for today. The interest rates set by a government body have a direct impact on how hot or cold an economy functions. If interest rates are high, then it costs more to borrow for companies to create goods and services, so you'll see the goods and services slow down. If it's cheap to borrow money, then you'll see the economy take off as it's cheaper to finance big purchases such as houses, cars, etc. And then taxes, yes, they are a necessary evil, as any government needs money to operate to provide basic protections. But if you increase taxes on businesses, then you'll see less hiring, which will cause a negative impact on the overall economy. And if taxes on businesses are lower, then you'll see more hiring, which will be a positive for the economy as more people are employed and have dollars to spend within that same economy. Now, taxes on individuals work the same way. If taxes are higher, and individuals have less money to spend on goods and services that they would that they want um, in that economy. If taxes are lower, then you'll see more individuals able to buy more goods and services in that economy, and this will, in effect, encourage more economic growth. So governments investing in infrastructure projects can also force demand to increase for construction goods and create more demand to use the new infrastructure project. So look at the federal highway system and see how much faster we were able to ship goods around the U.S. once that was built and and set. This big investment led to a faster growing economy and led to more job creation as well. And the final one that is a huge driver to inflation is the amount of money a government creates. Every new dollar created causes the old dollars to be valued less as there are more do dollars floating around the economy. More money floating around in, in an economy can de decrease interest rates um, and also be a tool to pay, pa pay back debt with money that's worth less. So let's look what happened to those in the EU that used the euro back in the crash of 08. You have some um, countries that were uh, behaving fiscally, and then you have others that spend more than what's created in their economy and rack up debt to finance their overspending. So let's pick on Greece a little bit. 
Greece ran up a huge tab of debt back in 2008, and then the economy froze. They were on the brink of default, and because they didn't have their own currency to devalue and thus pay back their loans with cheaper currency, they were on the brink of bankruptcy. They were selling off entire islands on the cheap, so be ready for the next time. Inflation can be caused by production costs, changes in demand, and fiscal policy. The housing market is directly impacted by inflation as it's a necessity to live. Increases in, infl in inflation should lead to lower home ownership and more of a push to rent. So you need to invest where the returns are going to be, and you can use inflation to your investing advantage. This has been Real Estate Investing with Kenny Wolf. Thanks so much for listening.